All right. Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Uh, good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. I'm back here uh, in my study at church. Nobody else is here, so I think our internet will behave all right. I did work with uh, our provider who uh, is responsible for rebroadcasting. Uh, the, uh, so I send a broadcast to a service, and that service sends it out to Facebook, YouTube, wherever we want to send it, uh, which allows me to be platform agnostic, so to speak, allows you to watch it uh, wherever is working today. The, um, that provider, we did some troubleshooting, nothing really definitive there, um, but tried something today. It looks to be working all right. All right. And uh, you did note before we began the title frame here, you can see um, I did find a map that was relatively clear that you'd be able to see well on your screen to outline Paul's missionary journey. Because there was the question yesterday about, you know, how far, I want to say it was Ant Athens was from Ephesus. That may have been it. Um, but you can see you have to kind of go around about way, especially if you're traveling uh, not by boat. All right. So you can kind of get a, a sense for the distances that Paul's traveling throughout uh, Cilicia, Galatia, the, and then into um, what is modern day Italy? Or excuse me, modern day Greece. All right. Um, Italy will be in that, uh, after the third missionary journey, but we'll get to that eventually. All right. Very good. Um, and uh, as we've talked about in this Saturday during the summer, we just uh, continue to do what we've been doing all week. So um, if you'd like to prepare for tomorrow's divine service, that's the purpose of our weekly email, which I usually send out on Friday uh, if I'm in town. And so that went out yesterday. In that email, you'll find uh, a summary for the day. You'll find uh, the collect for the day. You'll also find links so that you can read uh, the three readings, uh, Old Testament, Epistle, and Gospel. You'll also find links to all the hymns that will be sung tomorrow. So, And those links, um, one, you have the text, one, you have uh, the tune, if you're not familiar, so that you can familiarize yourself with the tune. You also have, uh, if, if I can find one, a video link either to the hymn being sung or maybe some kind of um, you know, prelude or some other kind of musical interpretation of um, the text and tune for the, you know, that's listed there. Sometimes I also have hymn studies. Those were done by Lutheran Public Radio, and I'll have those linked as well. So there's a lot of resources in that email, and I encourage you to take, take advantage of those to prepare then for divine service tomorrow so that you're familiar. Um, and then uh, that will allow your mind uh, really to explore um, because you won't be just like, I, I don't know these readings or I don't know um, these hymns, but rather you'll already have a basic familiarity with them. And then uh, that actually gets some of the hurdles out of the way uh, that might prevent you from uh, receiving it you know, to your joy and edification. Okay, so again, prepare for service tomorrow. If, you have, if you've got a few moments today, use that weekly email. If you don't get the email, it also goes out uh, on the socials. So you'll find it on a link to it on um, Facebook and on Twitter as well, our Twitter feed, if you're uh, one of those people who like to use these uh, government-created um, social engineering platforms. Of course, you're probably watching it on one, so there you go. All right, if you're not just using our website. Let's see, anything else preliminary before we begin? I don't think so. So we begin, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's say our memory verse one more time for this week. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. Now our psalm for this week. Psalm 119, beginning in verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment they stand this day, for all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours, save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly broad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, good to have you all joining with us here today. Uh, I see you checking in. Karen, Gus and Eileen, Grace, Don and Karen, coming back tonight. Um, And Janie, good to have you and all those who will be watching later in the day. I hope this is a blessing to you. Our first reading today is the continuation from the book of Romans, now chapter 9. I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying my conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all the eternally blessed God. Amen. But it is not that the word of God has taken no effect. For they are not all Israel who are of Israel, nor are they all children because they are the seed of Abraham. But, quote, in Isaac your seed shall be called. That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted as the seed. For this is the word of promise, quote, At this time I will come, and Sarah shall have a son. 
And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one man, even by our father Isaac, for the children not yet being born, nor having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of the works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, The older shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. All right, this is a little less familiar, I suppose, uh, although you might compare it to uh, Paul's similar kind of exposition about ancestry being uh, by faith and the promise and not by being blood. Uh, in Galatians 4, that's in regards to uh, Abraham with Sarah and um, Hagar, right? And the sons from Sarah and Hagar. Um, here, though it's doing it uh, in a similar way, but now with, well, here with Abraham, right? With Isaac, um, but then also with Rebekah, right? With Isaac, and then the two sons, Jacob and Esau, right? And so that God's ways are not our ways, and his choosing isn't according to the, to the normal order of things, right? So the firstborn would be Israel, according to the flesh, right? By, by blood. Um, the secondborn, the usurper, is actually those who come by way of promise. That would be those of Jacob, right? So you see how that works out. Um, Jacob doesn't deserve the promise. He seems to be, um, he's grabbing at the heel, even on the way out. Um, he steals both the birthright um, and the blessing, so to speak. And yet he's the one um, whom God has chosen. And so it is for all of the elect, including you. Um, you're untimely born, as Paul would say of himself. You don't deserve the promise. Um, you have no um, earthly kind of inheritance or, or claim to the inheritance, but rather God has chosen you um, and he even has worked through <laughs> what is wickedness and evil like Jacob um, to bring about salvation for you and for all people, not according to the law, but according to the promise. All right? So that's the key and that's what he's, he's playing with here. Um, of course, Jesus does the same thing when he's talking to the Pharisees and uh, they all say we're children of Abraham, and he says, no, you're children of the devil, because um, they live according to the flesh and not according to faith in the promise made to Abraham. Right? So uh, Paul's not uh, pulling this out of thin air. He's getting it straight out of the teaching of Jesus. Okay. And then our reading for catechesis is from Acts chapter 18 and 19. This is uh, Paul beginning his now third missionary journey. Remember, he starts each of these from Antioch, right, which is his home base, so to speak. And he had spent some time there, that's Antioch, he departed and went over the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order, strengthening all the disciples. Now a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things of the Lord, though he knew only the baptism of John. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Aquila and Priscilla heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he desired to cross to Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace. For he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? 
So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about twelve in all. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. But when some who were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew uh, the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Okay. So, after he spent some time there, again, we said that's Antioch. Where did he go? Where does his journey begin this time? Third missionary journey? Yeah, through Galatia and Phrygias, right? So, we'll see that here. Um, let's see if we can find it. Uh, Galatia is that large region in the top-hand uh, corner. And then, uh, where is Phrygia? Oh, it's not on this map, but it must be the, it's the region where Ephesus is. All right, so all of up there at the top of the map. Um, who had come to Ephesus? That's a whole interesting story. Yeah, a certain Jew named Apollos, who's from Alexandria, which is in Egypt, who was eloquent and mighty in the scriptures and had been instructed, it says there, in the way of the Lord. All right. So that's all here in verse 24, 25. Um, What was he doing? It says here he was speaking and teaching accurately the things of the Lord, even though he only knew of the baptism of John. So it does seem that uh, the baptism that the Lord gives to the apostles doesn't quite always make its way out um, into um, the life of the church. Which, of course, it needs to happen, right? Think of both Paul and Peter's instruction. that whoever believes in and is baptized will be saved, right? Quoting Jesus. Um, yeah, okay, we'll keep going. Uh, what happened when he began to speak in the synagogue? That's where Paul's companions, right? Aquila and Priscilla heard him, right? It took him aside and uh, provides him some more catechesis, right? Fills in the God in the gaps here. <laughs> Explained to them the way, that should be capitalized, um, of God more accurately, right? So, in other words, Jesus. <laughs> uh, and more than that, Jesus and baptism and the supper, I'm sure. All right, from there, where did Apollos go? Well, the brothers sent them, sent him, the brethren, um, to the fellow disciples uh, in Achaia. And it says here that he greatly helped those who believed through grace, through God's giving. Right. Um, how was Paul, Apollos helpful? Verse 28. Yeah, he vigorously refuted the Jews publicly, showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Um, I think this is actually a really helpful passage to remember, uh, especially tomorrow when we uh, resume our Bible study on the book of Acts. If you remember, not the book of Acts, excuse me, the book of Hebrews. 
If you remember when we talked about the authorship of the book of Hebrews, there is some question as uh, it's an unnamed author, some classically would say Paul, um, but there's a pretty strong contingent of people who would suggest it's Apollos. And using this passage, you can, you can see why, because Apollos is known for his refutation of the Jews, but also for his quite expansive and uh, in-depth understanding of the Old Testament scriptures. And as we've gone through the book of Hebrews, we've noted just how well-versed Apollos, or whoever the author is, uh, in the liturgical life of the Old Testament church, right? and how that has now been, um, well, supplanted in the new covenant of Christ Jesus. Okay? So maybe this is a good, a good case. This is making a good case for potentially Apollos being the author of the book of Hebrews, uh, which isn't written to a specific place either. So that makes it a little bit more challenging to nail down who the author is. All right. Uh, what happened while Apollos was in Corinth? Uh, Paul came to Ephesus, all right? So again, go back to the map. Um, you can see uh, Paul, Ephesus, there's right towards the left-hand. Corinth is across uh, whatever sea that is um, between uh, Asia, Minor, Asia, Asia Minor, excuse me, and Greece, all right? So it would be a, a little bit of a boat journey, right? So they're kind of tailing each other, so to speak. Uh, what did Paul ask the small group of disciples in Ephesus? Yeah, if they uh, had received the Holy Spirit when they believed. And of course, what did he discover? That they hadn't even heard that there was such a Holy Spirit. Ah, uh, well, that's a major uh, gap there. Oh, Trinitarian theology. Uh, G and C, thank you in the chat. So the C there between uh, Ephesus and Corinth is the Aegean Sea. I should make a trip over there someday. Um, you know, when you can do so without uh, the tyranny of um, medical misinformation. Okay, uh, it'd be nice to be able to travel again someday. All right, so they, they, they didn't even know of this Holy Spirit. So then he asks about their baptism, of course, because that's where he received the gift of the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, and why does he ask them about their baptism? Well, you see Paul actually quoting or paraphrasing the words of Jesus here, right? Um, because both John and Jesus taught about the coming of the Holy Spirit. So this is kind of shocking that they would not know of it. As John himself said, I indeed, this is Matthew 3, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me will baptize you uh, with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's Matthew 3. So had they been baptized by John, they would have known about the Holy Spirit because John directed his baptismal candidates to believe in Jesus who would give the Spirit after his death and resurrection. Um, rather, they say they have some kind of distorted view of even John's baptism. They don't even have this teaching about the giving of the Holy Spirit, which John taught. All right. So then into what were, uh, were these Ephesians then baptized? It's John's baptism, but like I say, it's a distorted version, right? Um, looking at commentators on this, you'll find out that, um, that they, they think that the zealous disciples of John the Baptist continued to baptize even after John's imprisonment and death, um, but did so in kind of an independent way, um, without the command of the Lord and without leading people to faith in Christ and teaching of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit. So it ends up being this own, its own like spin-off cult, if you like. Um, John sent, before he died, while he was in prison, he sent his disciples to Jesus, right? 
uh, who do you, to ask them, you know, uh, who is he, right? But I, I would suggest that that, that uh, story is about John handing over his disciples to Jesus, not simply about John uh, maybe having some doubts about who Christ is. All right. Um, and note, too, what, what um, Paul says here, that both John and Jesus preached what? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. All right? Meaning Christ is at hand. The Messiah is here. That's both Matthew 3 and Matthew 4. So then uh, Paul explains, um, as Jesus himself does in Luke 3, right, that that baptism of John had been one unto repentance and a call, but a call then to believe in Jesus Christ who would come after John, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, etc. Uh, and then again, um, Jesus would be the one who would give the Holy Spirit because he's the spirit that proceeds from Father and Son. All right. So what happens then when they um, learn that the baptism they received was different from the one that John um, actually taught and administered. wasn't even a baptism at all, we would say, at least not a legitimate one. They were baptized now in the name of the Lord Jesus, right? Which is shorthand for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So it would, it would go like this. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, which is the words from Matthew 28. That's the instruction, of Jesus' instruction to the uh, apostles um, for the formula, if you like, for baptism. So, so why does uh, St. Luke here call it then the name of the Lord Jesus rather than using the fuller name? Well, by applying the name of the Holy Trinity, you receive Jesus, right? You've been grafted into the Son and thus into God's family tree and made a co-heir with Christ. Um, bap- Jesus is the content of your baptism. So baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus isn't really I think referring to a different formula, like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but rather referring to the content of baptism. Right? You receive the Father, but only by way of being grafted onto the Son. Right? I'm the vine, you are the branches, that sort of language. So in a similar way, um, you'll note that when, I, you know, when we preach, I say, I begin in the name of Jesus, right? And I, in the end, usually at the end as well, preaching in the name of the Lord Jesus and the holy name of Jesus. Why Jesus? Does that mean the Father is not at work or the Spirit is not also being given in preaching? No, it's Jesus whom the Father gives, and anytime you hear of Jesus Christ, it's by way of his Spirit who gives faith, right? And even opens your ears to hear. But the content of the preaching is who Jesus is and what he has done for you, always. All right, so it's very similar. Same thing with baptism then. All right. What happened when Paul laid hands on them? Ah, there it is. The Holy Spirit, verse 6, came upon them. And then we have some apostolic gifts here, similar to what we saw all the way back in Pentecost. Right? They spoke um, in foreign tongues and they prophesied, that is, they preached the gospel. Uh, interesting. How many men were there? This is again, where are we? In Ephesus, right? Twelve in all. Now, that's a significant number. Twelve, right? Yeah, I think 12 tribes, the 12 judges, the 12 minor prophets, the 12 disciples, lots of 12s. It's a number of uh, completion, right? All right, how long did uh, Paul speak or remain in the synagogue speaking? Yeah, it says here three months, right? Speaking boldly of, there it is, just like John, the kingdom of God. Ultimately, though, he has to leave the synagogue. Why? 
It says there in verse 9, some of them were hardened and did not believe um, and spoke evil of the way, that is, um, of Jesus. So instead, uh, still in Ephesus, he, for two years, uh, reasons in the school of Tyrannus. We don't know more about this character. And then what happened during this period? Now, all who dwelt in Asia, that's Asia Minor, heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. Again, Asia Minor, um, you know, falls in Ephesus. You're talking about uh, Patara, Miletus, Troas, Lystra, Antioch, etc. Here, Derby, Iconium, uh, that whole region, you know, south of Galatia there. Galatia is included in Asia Minor. All right. Meditation on this text. Without the preaching of the death and resurrection of Jesus, there is no giving of the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God has come in the person of the Lord Jesus, who is crowned with thorns, that we might receive the crown of life. Only after his death and resurrection and ascension does the Lord pour out his spirit upon all flesh, because all authority is now his to breathe life back into men through his spirit. Uh, Think of the hymn, breathe on his cloven church once more. That's O God, O Lord of heaven and earth. The twelve who are baptized and receive the Spirit are a mark of all those descendants of Abraham who have now seen the promise fulfilled through Christ. As heirs of that same faith, we now gather around the Word so that we might learn more about the kingdom by having the Scriptures explained. Which is exactly what we're doing right now. (laughs) All right, very good. We confess the seventh petition of the Lord's Prayer. But deliver us from evil. What does this mean? We pray in this petition in summary that our Father in heaven would rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to himself in heaven. Let us pray. Father in heaven, rescue us from every evil of body and soul, possessions and reputation. And finally, when our last hour comes, give us a blessed end and graciously take us from this valley of sorrow to yourself in heaven, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Saturday, we pray for faithfulness to the end, for the renewal of those who are withering in the faith or have fallen away, for all pastors as they prepare to administer Christ's holy gifts, and for receptive hearts and minds on the Lord's day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. We pray on this day in Thanksgiving with Kyle and Donica, who both celebrate their baptism. Uh, hold on a second. That can't be right. Why do we have July 11th listed? Because that would be tomorrow. Uh, nope, that's correct. Those are tomorrow. Okay. We also pray, continue to pray in Thanksgiving for the gift of our nation. We pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment, or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, David, Amanda, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Ken, and Kaylee, our homebound Bev, David, Roy, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Compassion International, and with Jim, who is grieving the death of his brother Roy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. 
O God, you have prepared for those who love you good things that surpass all understanding. Pour into our hearts such love toward you that we, loving you above all things, may obtain your promises, which exceed all that we can desire. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week one more time. Sing my tongue the glorious battle. Before all the noblest tree, 
none in foliage, none in blossom, none in fruit thine equal me. Symbol of the world's redemption, or the weight that hung on thee. Unto God be praise and glory to the Father and the Son, to the eternal Spirit honor, now and evermore begun. Praise and glory in the highest, while the highest ages run. All right, so good to have you all with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer around God's Word. Come to you each morning, except for Sundays, at 9 a.m. to pray with you. Of course, tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. is Divine Service uh, here at Sherman Center, which is rural uh, Random Lake, Sheboygan County. So I invite you to join us, um, if at all possible, to receive not only the Lord's Word, but His gift of His body and blood in person. Um, also, uh, we'll note tomorrow Bible study resumes back in town, so uh, you can join us then for Bible study um, afterwards, and we'll jump back into the book of Hebrews. So I look forward to that after a couple week hiatus. All right, so Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you again tomorrow.